Hello and welcome to the new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today I have a very special guest. He's the new CEO of NHS Supply Chain, Andrew New. Hi Bruce, yeah, lovely to join you. Yeah, and f- first of all, Andrew, I, 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 have, I know it's not your fault particularly, but I have to bring this up. Um, I was a journalist for 15 years or, or, or so prior to going into what I do now. And um, having a new CEO called New, it would just have uh, absolutely blown the minds of my sub-editors back in the day. Uh, you'd be surprised how many times over the last 20 odd years someone's got with a new, new joke. So it's a new, 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 yeah. New CEO, new, you know, I and mean, that kind of thing. And so, you know, sub editors would have been, we normally would put new CEO, someone, we new CEO, new, that kind of thing. It's a nightmare. However, that's, I'm sure, is not the most pressing issue on your plate right now. No, no, no. We've uh, got loads of work to do. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, Andrew, I'm guessing, I think, was it September last year that, that you came in as uh, the new head of NHS supply chain? I think it was September. Yeah, so I joined the start of September. Um, I, joined, I had a couple of meetings beforehand with the team to kind of understand a little bit what I was coming into and be prepared. So hit the ground running 1st of September. So you're four and a bit months into it. Before I ask you about early takes and that kind of thing on, on, on the job, uh, how did you come to get this role? I mean, obviously, literally, you applied, went through a process and then got the job. But I know that you haven't been uh, healthcare side before. Mm-hmm. What made you go for this role? Was there a particular reason? Was it just the fact that it seemed to be a step up or still you wanted an industry you hadn't uh, been involved in before? Can you take me through your process of wanting this job? Yeah, of course. So uh, I guess people describe I've had a bit of a portfolio career um, today. Uh, I've, I've always worked in an area that kind of relates to procurement and supply chain, um, but in different sectors, different types of businesses, different ownership structures um, and with different responsibilities. Um, most recently, I was the chief procurement officer uh, for JCB, making excavators in, in the UK and around the world. Um, but before that, I've worked in the nuclear sector, I've worked in engineering, I've worked in retail and leisure um, and in support services. So I've had a broad range of different topics and I've enjoyed the new challenge every time. So, so understanding how a market works, understanding how teams work, understanding the different flavour on the job um, is really important. So. When I decided to move on from my role at JCB, I was looking for something different, uh, a new sector that I've not worked in before, but something that was close enough to the procurement thing and the supply chain thing, because, because I love doing them. Uh, and it's something that I'm, I've kind of committed to throughout my career. Um, I had a couple of conversations, as you do, with kind of the, the recruiters and the headhunters um, around these kind of roles and just explain what I was looking for. And I was looking for a role that was big, um, a role that was complex and challenging um, that clearly needed work doing to it. Um, I, I've always gone into roles that have a, a element of kind of transformational change or um, business improvement or um, something of that type. Um, and it's very much put to me, I say that this, this, is a, this is a role that you can make a real difference in. Um, it's a organization that's got a great platform to build from uh, where progress has been and is being made and there's a good understanding of what needs to be done to take it forward and how it can deliver to support NHS stuff um, but actually it, it needs that that further drive now to go and deliver on those projects deliver on those initiatives but then come back with some ideas about what you want to do that are bigger 
uh, and mm -hmm. create more value going forward. So um, I was certainly attracted to the job in terms of the complexity of it, new sector, and that little bit of purpose that sits at the back end, I guess, for everyone who's joined uh, the, the healthcare family during during a pandemic, there's that desire, actually, we, we can use some of our skills to help out. Uh, and I hope that's what I'm now doing and what I'll carry on doing uh, in the role. Okay, that's interesting. I was actually going to ask you, and I wasn't sure how much you'd be able to tell me about it, because, you know, I'm sure there's some things that went on in the discussions that, are, that aren't for public consumption. But I was going to say, how did they pitch it to you? Did they pitch it as... I mean, but you've kind of answered that. I mean, I was I was just wondering whether they how they came at it. Did they say to you, look, there's lots to be done here. This is a crossroads moment. This is a key moment for NHS supply chain. And we're looking for someone who can take on that role. Do you feel that they were, um, how can I put this? Did they seem very open about what the challenges were of coming in at this particular time? Yeah, it was an incredibly transparent process that, that was well run and could give you real insight. And the opportunity was there to speak to existing members of the board, existing members of NHS, and have those kind of conversations across government around what, what, what are the priorities going to be going forward? You know, we, we knew that the learnings through the pandemic were going to be taken and embedded into the into the business mm -hmm. um, as they are across uh, you know across the healthcare family and, and it's that opportunity to embed and understand how you're now going to use those new things and new capabilities that makes it really exciting so you've been there for about four months a bit over four months now obviously I, clearly there was there was always going to be a period of kind of getting to know the industry well get to know the key figures doing things like attending the HSA conference, as you obviously did um, in November. Has anything surprised you yet? Is, it, is there anything that's, that you've come across in these four months, maybe in terms of something you've discovered or, or something you've added to your to-do list or something that you wasn't expecting? No, so um, yes, and there's a lot of that. I mean, in, in coming to any new role, every day is a school day for, for a good few months and probably the first year or so. Uh, in really understanding how this works. I've had yeah, the opportunity, it's been great to be hosted by around a dozen or so different trusts and probably 20 or so different hospitals kind of show me around how this works and how it feels from their end. Um, mm -hmm. Equally talking to the team internally about, you know, what, what are the challenges, where are the opportunities, what are the things do we need to do? When you take those two lists um, from, from the internal external perspective and line them up, they're actually pretty well aligned. And the biggest surprise I've probably got is the awareness um, across the system. You know, we, we know there are things that we do today that we're investing money in improving. And actually, when you speak to those people on the trust side who are going to consume the products and receive the, the service, um, there's recognition that they're the things they need too. So, so I'm surprised and pleased by how good the alignment is. I think I'm also a little bit surprised about how massive the opportunity is. You know, we, we are, we're kind of a functional turning point. The the world has looked at procurement and supply chain historically, in some cases, not in all, but in some cases, kind of the necessary evil of, of delivering the operation. Yeah, you know, then there's some people who need to put contracts in place and you've got to make sure you get, get from it, what, whatever you're going to get from it. Um, but the world's got a little bit more complex. And I think that there's a recognition now that the, the procurement and supply chain fraternity do a bit more. I mean, mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't think we live in an unconstrained world anymore. We don't think that if you place an order on a supplier, it will always turn up every time. We recognise there's far more disruption, far more need for resilience. There's a longer term focus on sustainability. There are issues around the world in terms of, you know, um, supply assurance activity, in terms of modern slavery we need to do. There's all sorts of challenges that have come out 
Um, but they're now understood. And I was really pleased when Jim Mackey um, stood up unprompted, I'll say. You know, so Jim stood up um, at the HCSA conference and just said, you know, from a leadership perspective, across a big organisation like the NHS, we kind of get it a bit more now than we ever did before. Mm-hmm. And we recognise the value of, of what you do. That, that creates a massive platform. You know, if, if you are really, really good at procurement and you're exceptionally good at supply chain management and logistics, there's core skills in there you can use anywhere. And it's not limited to, you know, how, how do you move a box of face masks? So how do you move a consignment of medical devices? Um, actually, there's core project management capability in there. There's core program management. There's core change management activity. There's influencing and building relationships and all sorts of other things that you get to do um, when you have and you use that platform. So I think the thing I'm most excited about is the, the unintended consequence of a pandemic, which has kind of brought our profession to the forefront and given us that new opportunity to go and do more, you know, add more to the operation, add more to the business, add more to patient care in our world. In any environment, you know, the procurement teams are standing up in hours. It actually gives us that direct impact to free up our clinical colleagues to go and look after people because that's what they're amazing at. Um, and that, that's, that's something different and new that we can bring now. The other side, as we go through elective recovery and back into some more kind of normal living, and um, we, we can carry on being our better selves. And that's great. It's an amazing opportunity. I was going to ask you, actually, I didn't want to still, I didn't want to spend too much time on COVID-19, the pandemic, because it can, you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of fatigue about hearing, hearing about, so I didn't want to go into it, into minutiae. However, I was interested, I wonder how you feel, how much different a job you would be asked to do here, you would be coming into if the pandemic hadn't happened? Um, I think the scale of the interest in what we can do would be less. I, I, I really feel that we we functionally, we professionally have a, have a opportunity. We've got a platform that we probably didn't have before. I think the underlying ask and need is the same. You know, we, we need to use our expertise to maximise the value proposition, to, to pull a range of different levers in our relationships with suppliers, to deliver a range of different services into those who need them. The, the job's the same. I think the ability to stand up in a room of people and have some really good attention to the things we can do and how we want to drive investment and prioritise that work is probably a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So I think we can go at it a bit faster, a bit harder, um, and deliver some more of that value sooner. Um, but the, the overall value proposition of what a procurement and supply chain organisation does is still pretty much the same. It's just got a bit more complicated. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. You mentioned that you was at the HSA conference when I mentioned it, and you mentioned it yourself. But it, lovely uh, cyclical nature to this conversation that we're having, Andrew. Uh, how, what did you think of the HSA conference? Obviously, you haven't been long. You know, you don't you've really only been you know you know a number of weeks into the role properly. How did you find the HSA conference? How did you feel the response to you was at that conference? How did you find the vibe of that conference? The things coming out of it. Give me an idea of what it was like going to that conference when you'd only been around, what, a couple of months maybe into the role? So I think, I think probably two and a half months in. Um, mm. it's a, one, it was an amazing opportunity and I'm really grateful for the team to kind of find me some space on the agenda. And that's both internally and in the HCSA. And Chris did, did a fine job of shrinking his presentation by five mm. minutes to, to let me have the first five um, mm. of that plot. Uh, it was an amazing opportunity to kind of build the network and talk to people about what's important to them. And been able to meet with 
30 or 40 different people and talk about 30 or 40 similar but different conversations about what their priorities are, what their needs are, um, and not just related to the things that NHS supply chain does, but also just broadly within the system to kind of drive awareness um, and kind of build, build out some of those future thinking things that have got to kind of seed in the back of your mind for six months or a year and then they can come back again. So I'm still thinking about conversations I've had, you know, whether it's about scan for safety, uh, whether it's about driving product availability and resilience, whatever it might be. Um, so amazing conversations. I was really lucky I took the opportunity to book a few hours out and arrange a number of kind of one-to-one sessions. That's uh, right, yeah. with Leaders. Um, and they, they were a great eye-opener as well um, to just be able to be frank and honest. You know, where, where, where do we, we can all understand that using the national power of the NHS to maximise the, the value proposition has got to be a great thing to do. You've got to be able to deploy it locally in a way that works in the system. Better talk to people at both ends of the spectrum, both trying to do the right things for the NHS and the right things for patient care, but potentially different outcomes. Having that open and transparent forum to have the conversation, have the debate, um, was hugely valuable to me. And I hope it's valuable to the people that, that came to have the conversation too. Those decisions to have the, the one-to-ones, were they were they your decision? Was it something you were keen to get, to get a closer yeah, no, up view? And a frank, I guess a more frank face-to-face discussion. I'm assuming some of them would have been very frank at times. Were they very frank and open? Everyone was incredibly frank and open, but professional, honest, and, yeah. and fair in their judgments too. I mean, I, yeah. it, was, it was an invitation from me to say, mm. let me know how you feel and what you think. And the same for um, Both of us made ourselves available because we wanted to know. And there's no point in assuming that we know all the right answers. We clearly don't. Mm-hmm. And therefore, listening to other partners in the system, all trying to do the right thing, but getting their views, it's a valuable thing to do. You, you mentioned that both of you made yourself open to one-to-ones during the conference. The, 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 the other person you're referring to is Heather Tenney Moore, who's the mm-hmm. current interim chair, who will also be doing on a supply cast coming up. So... I mean, I think it was a good move to do that sort of one-to-one thing. I've been in other industries when key key leaders have come in, new leaders have come in. Did you feel, coming out of the HSA conference, did you feel like you knew a lot more about procurement teams and the, the point of view of procurement professionals around uh, the NHS as it is at the moment? Uh, I certainly know more, um, but clearly don't know everything. And I've taken the opportunity to speak to that's probably 30 or 40 of kind of our professional leaders um, across the system, uh, which is amazing, but it clearly isn't all of them. And it won't be representative of the views of everyone either. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not assuming that I know the answers, um, but it's formed a stronger network of people. And I've picked up the phone a dozen or so times since then to some of those people to say, you know, we had that conversation about, actually, mm-hmm. I'm thinking this, how does it work for you? You know, we're thinking about a longer term strategy and the capabilities we need in the future. If we had these things more, would that help or would that hinder? Um, and getting great, honest and transparent feedback. I mean, I, I, you can't ask for more than that. Not, not everyone's gonna like the things that we think are priorities. Sure. Um, our stakeholder group is hugely diverse. You know, we're supporting the department, we're supporting NHS E&I, we're supporting trust delivery, we're supporting all different bits. Um, and therefore we're gonna have some conflict at time to time. And that's, that's the role of how we manage that. Um, but the, the team are doing a good job of listening as much as they possibly can to a breadth of different inputs and then making sure we're doing the right things and prioritising the right improvements and operational delivery things for next year. 
In general, what's, what's your, how do you look at the HTSA? Um, you know, what we're doing, maybe the relationship with the NHS supply chain, and maybe if what more we could be doing in terms of that, and what more you guys could be doing in terms of that. How do you, uh, what's your sort of take on that at this early stage? Yeah, so, so I've offered um, to join the HSA event in the summer and next autumn, winter, um, and I'm happy to be provided with as much time as I can to explain the things that we're doing, having, having as many channels as we can to get the messages across that we think are important that everyone understands, but also have the opportunity to listen to other people, take that feedback, listen to other interesting presentations uh, that you don't get a chance to do every day. So I think the platform's a really, really helpful one. I think our professional network as a community can, can get stronger uh, without doubt. And I think using things like the HSA as a way of building those networks, building that strength um, is really, really valuable to us. And I'm interesting over the next six or so months as we build some of our people planning as to how we feel we can use the HCSA more to accelerate some of our thinking and to drive up the, the performance that we're looking to achieve for the system next year. How do you feel, it's a bit of a, I suppose, you know, you're still quite early in there. So this is a kind of a, a question that, you know, I must admit, I wouldn't like to be asked myself if I was the other side of it, but it's a very common, it's a question you really have to ask. If you could pull out three, key areas of focus as you see it at the moment. Obviously that can change, it's a very fluid situation, but what would they, what would they be? Have you thought about that? Are there three key areas that, that you think, right, that's of immediate attention? Yeah, I, uh, so I think my, the challenge in this type of role is you, you have the opportunity to scan across the business. You have an opportunity mm -hmm. to scan across those people you work with and, and kind of identify gaps, issues, challenges and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And you've always got to kind of prioritise the difference between what's fixing something needs fixing, but also driving something forward that's good already. But if it's amazing, it'll deliver something that, that's, that's even better. Uh, three is probably easy enough to deliver. One, data is a real challenge. Um, the way that the, the systems integrate together and therefore accessibility and usability of data, the people with skills in our teams um, are spending a lot of time extracting and actually they could do some amazing things if it was much easier. So we've definitely got a systems data strategy piece to be done internally to make um, more informed and better decisions in the future. You know, all of the procurement things about making great decisions. So the better the data is, the better the decisions will be. I think we've got to consider how the forming ICS structure needs to be supported in the future. I think we've got some thinking work to be done. Um, as we ask the trust to come together more, um, how do we ensure that the solutions that we develop and offer to optimize the, the, the efficiency of logistics and supply chain align with the needs uh, of forming ICSs? So I think that's something that was kind of time bound mm -hmm. in the work that we're doing. Uh, and I would love to, to see um, more of an opportunity for, for the teams across the category and procurement organisation um, to really share and, and, and explain the value creation opportunities that are for the future. You know, we, we've got uh, a, a list of projects that we think if we deliver will create significant value across the system. Uh, and I need to help them find that platform to explain to a variety of different trusts that have complex and different needs uh, where that value proposition is. So um, I think we need to make sure that we are communicating as effectively as possible, not just the things that are challenges today as we come out of COVID and into elected recovery time, but into the opportunities for what we can do more of in the future. 
So I think if we're going to fix things, we'll fix the way we communicate, we'll fix the way we manage data uh, and the way we engage in future uh, with new ICS platforms. Could you rest on something that you think NSS, NSS supply chain wasn't doing well enough previously? That would be your a kind of a key goal for you overall? I think the situations are really important and kind of context is really important mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. As an organisation, um, NHS supply chain has existed in one guise or another for you know more than 20 years mm -hmm. and it's gone through lots of different iteration, has been reborn a few times and kind of changed direction um, with, each, uh, with each time it's kind of been reborn. Over the last couple of years, the guys have done an amazing job of delivering solutions that have grown the, the level of spend under management you know, above 60% from below 40. So they've, they've created a different platform to build from. Uh, and you couldn't do some of the really long-term value creating things without that growth happening. So there's always a phase around um, doing some of the hard yards. And a lot of that work's been done. Mm -hmm. Now we've got some future opportunities. Do, do we feel as an organization that if we, if we continue to drive our capabilities around procurement work and implementing incredible category management and developing category strategies that enhance the, the, the performance of the supply chain, that's absolutely going to add more value into the system. But you can't do it from a standing start. You've got to go through a process of iteration to drive it forward. Same on the logistics side. Yeah, we, we've now achieved a critical mass that's basically filled out our logistics capability and we need to look at our infrastructure footprint, we need to look at our investment plans, we need to look at our operational efficiency to build more space and capability for the guys to do more of the good things, but also modernise uh, and do more different things for the future that the NHS might need. Okay, just finally, before we move on to the final part of the podcast, what, what would be your overriding message to procurement teams in, in the NHS? Uh, I think I've always believed that procurement teams are stronger when we have a really, really strong community of practice. And therefore, irrespective of whether you work at the ICS level, you work at the trust level, you work in a collaborative, you work as part of a national programme, um, we, we are a set of people with common objectives. If we form a really strong network with really clear communication and we really understand what each other are trying to achieve, we will do a better job. You know, we, we as a community will do a better job we as a profession will do a better job and i'm a champion not just for what nhs supply chain can do but also what procurement can do for the nhs uh, and i think the things that we can add to patient care freeing up clinical time um, are going to be amazing i think it's a real differentiator for the next kind of five ten years of what the nhs is about okay andrew th thank you for that and uh, we're now going to move on to the hard part which is desert island supplies which everyone's the, everyone's eyes sort of you know they enlarge and uh, you know a, a white pallor comes over their faces as they suddenly realize that they've completely forgotten that they have to think of what their favorite album and movie is but this is the part where we like to try and just get an idea of the kind of personality and it's particularly um i think you know good with someone that's new to the industry as you are so the way it works is very simple we're whisking you off to some desert island some somewhere and you get to take a luxury item you get to take one album from, from an artist and you get to take one movie and that's all you're going to have on that island of yours. Plenty of food and water is already there. What, first of all, would be your luxury item, Andrew? Uh, so luxury item, 
Uh, it's a great question. So, I, so I, um, throughout my, my career and throughout my personal um, time, I, I spend a lot of time uh, doing active things. I'm a really active person. I spend a lot of time in the gym and I spend a lot of time with my three now not so young, but youngish kids. Um, but I really like a mental challenge. So for me, one of those ridiculously impossible puzzle ball things that you take apart into a thousand different pieces, you've got to try and work out how to put it back together again. I think that that's the kind of thing I'd like to take with me. Um, I can I can run around an island and do all the fitness things I want, but something that kind of focuses the mind uh, and keeps you sane, I think, would be really, really helpful. Are you, are you one of those people who's, who's got a, uh, a new Rubik's Cube somewhere in the house, somewhere still? <laughs> I, I have no doubt if I went looking hard enough, I could find this one. <laughs> no doubt did you have, did you ever complete the rubik's cube uh yeah by taking the stickers off and putting them back on again it's not oh awesome. really definitely do that, that. The, the other thing the other thing you could do is if you twisted it at an angle and then violently twisted it the other way the it explodes off. exactly right <laughs> it all pops off and you can clip it back together in the right in, in the right order i can't tell you how wonderful it was the day that i knew that that was possible. <laughs> I remember growing up, there was there was like a, a Rubik's five rings thing that you turned over and had three rings. Oh, yeah. Rings, rings linked. So we definitely did that more that than was the, That was and the thing. And the Rubik's clock was the other one where you had to turn the dials to get them all to that, get zeros. So I, I remember that one. As well. That was when they were branching out, wasn't it? Trying yeah. to find the next next big thing. Okay, so we're letting you take that little mind puzzle thing. I mean, it's, it's a great idea when you're stuck on that desert island. Um, uh, you, can take, you can take one album with you so our albums are a tough one um i think I, i've changed a lot over the last kind of 30 years of different musical tastes mm-hmm. i think it's a time when i would have taken a um an rem automatic for the people or something mm-hmm. like me. yeah um actually i think i think i would cheat on this one and i would just say i, I would need to be able to say to my alexa uh, to to play the gym music which just puts okay. on a, a playlist of fast-paced Basy music that, that you mm-hmm. can uh, you, you can go and work out and for a little while. So that, that's definitely what I'd take for when you're running around that that island and doing whatever. Yeah, definitely. Def- oh, interval training, running, all those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So something something that gives you a good a good beat to work to, but something a bit with a bit of variety in it. Okay, so I like I like that. So you've picked a streamed playlist instead of an mm-hmm. album. I like that. Well, I'll let, I'll let you have that. Um, a film. A film. Uh, it's got to be a film that you're happy to watch a lot of times, obviously. Oh, crikey. So films, again, tricky. So my my, uh, my most recent films will really be spread between time spent with kids. So my youngest is eight and my eldest mm. is 14. So over the last few years, I think we've had everything from Paddington uh, through to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a, there's a bit of variety in there. I, I think I would pick one of the, the Marvel films, probably... Mm-hmm. Um, something like Guardians of the Galaxy, something that's fun, a bit uplifting. Uh, it's, it's something you can kind of either watch or you can just have on in the background. Uh, and it'll transport you. It'll transport you off the desert island. Exactly. So it's something that you yeah. take somewhere else. Okay, that's great. Excellent. Andrew, thank you very much for finding the time to do this. I know you're a very busy man. I obviously wish you best of luck in the future. And I look forward to also seeing you at future HCSA conferences and in general, just helping build a relationship between HCSA and the NHS supply chain. No, that's great. Look, thank you very much. It's great to have the opportunity. Uh, and I look forward to seeing everyone at the next HCSA event. OK, that's the end of the episode. And I hope you'll join me for the next one of Supplycast. Mm-hmm.